Amen. Please remain standing as um, John is coming to read our scripture for us this morning. As he comes, I want to. I want to. M- many of you already know our um, our speaker for today, our preacher for today, uh, Hardy. Uh, Patton is going to be bringing the message with us uh, today, and uh, so I, I, I've, I've, for those of you who don't know, I've just been here for just over two years, and and one of the first, um, I, I'm, I'm trying to remember if Hardy was, I don't think, Hardy may have been on the SBRC at that time, so I met, I met Hardy and Tammy very early on, and I uh, got to know them just a little bit, just in my, just in my, even before I was appointed here as a pastor, and I went home and told my wife, Amy, I said, you have to meet these uh, this Hardy and Tammy uh, people, I don't, it's like their lives have mirrored our lives. <laughs> our children are almost the exact same age, uh, a daughter first and a, and a son second. Uh, Tammy is a, is a school teacher and my wife is a school teacher. In fact, um, Hardy and Tammy and uh, Amy and I have been, have been to, re- have, have been to uh, restaurants and people have asked us if Hardy and I are twins and if Tammy and Amy are twins. It's so weird. On, on Friday evening, uh, Hardy has been called pastor so many times. They get us confused all the time. I'm so, I'm so honored to consider Hardy Patton a good friend of mine. And I'm, uh, we are so honored to have him in the life of our church. Uh, and we know that he is going to be sharing God's word with us today. So, John, would you, le- would you read our scripture for us? It's found in the, in the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 20, verses 20 through 28. The subtitle, Jesus Teaches About Serving Others. Then the mother of Zebedee, sons of Zebedee's sons, came to Jesus with her sons and kneeling down, asked a favor of him. What is it you want, he asked. She said, grant that one of these two sons of mine might sit at your right and the other at your left in your kingdom. You you do not know what you are asking, Jesus said to them. Can you drink the cup I am going to drink? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, you will indeed drink from my cup, but to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those to whom they have been prepared by my Father. When the ten heard about this, they were indignant with the two brothers. Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their high officials exercised authority over them. Not with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whatever want, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as it a ransom for many. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. Oh God, pour out your spirit upon this, your word, and as always, make it be for us the word of life, that we might be people of life. Now God, you have been speaking to Hardy, and he's speaking your words now for us into our lives. Help us to hear you through the mouth of Hardy Patton, we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. You may be seated.
As we start this morning, would you just uh, continue an attitude of prayer and just bow with me briefly. Father God, we just thank you for this chance to be in your house today. We thank you for the chance to fellowship together with one another. We thank you for your son Jesus and his sacrifice for us and the example he sent. He set for us with regard to servanthood. Lord, I just pray that we could learn what you have for us today. Open our hearts that your Holy Spirit might move freely as I speak. May the words of my mouth be pleasing to thy sight. In Christ Jesus' name, amen. So good morning, everyone. I hope you're having a good Sunday. I don't know if it's raining outside. looks like it might rain a little bit later today. I'm excited about the opportunity to share with you. For those of you that don't know me, again, I am Hardy Patton. I've been a member here at First Church along with my wife, Tammy, for about 22 years. We joined in 1997, and we had a chance to raise our kids, Emma and Jake. Uh, Jake here on the front row today taking pictures. It's funny how, that, how things change over the years. I used to take pictures of him. I don't know what he's doing today. I didn't know that was going to happen, but... Um, I appreciate being able to raise my kids in this church and to serve alongside you guys for so many years in service to the Lord. So when Leslie asked me to preach, I began to think about what is it, Lord, that you would have me share? And a number of topics floated in my mind. I just wasn't sure where I wanted the Lord to go. But this topic that seemed to resonate with me over and over again was the topic of servanthood. And so that's where I want to spend a little bit of time today. Ask a couple of questions. First, I want to ask the question for us. What does Christ say about serving the church? And then two, when we serve the church, how does that impact us, or does it? So ask yourself that question this morning. Is your service impacting your life? And there's no better example of serving the church than Jesus Christ himself. And so I want to go over a few points. As we go back to the scripture that John read for us this morning, the story is about the sons of Zebedee, at least that's the way it starts in Matthew 20. And it's about an outlandish request from an overzealous mother made to the king of the universe. And the, the request is indeed outlandish. She's asking for her two sons to live in eternity on the right and the left of Jesus Christ. Can you imagine that? I know we all, as parents, get a little overzealous from time to time, but that, that maybe is a little crazy. As you look back at verse 20 through 22, I want to read, reread part of that text. It says, Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus with her sons kneeling down, Ask a favor, said, and he said, what is it you want? Again, she said, grant that one of these two may sit at your right and the other at your left. So mom is trying to intervene in their lives. And she's asking for such an incredible position of honor that I can't even imagine. And Jesus looks at her and says, you don't even understand what you're really asking for. And she didn't. That is ordained by God, not by Jesus even, who would be sitting there. And then he goes on to talk to James and John about whether or not they could drink from that cup. And they say that they could, and the Bible tells us later that they would. On a smaller scale, I wonder if some of us don't get distracted in our daily lives and sometimes have outlandish requests. Some of those outlandish requests, no parents or grandparents involved on the sports field may be making an outlandish request for their kid at some time in their life. Or maybe even us in the church getting excited about a particular role or wanting that and becoming distracted and not focusing on what's really important. What's really important is thinking about the fact that we have the chance to serve our risen Savior. So let's try to keep our focus. The scripture continued in verse 24, and it says, When the ten heard about this, they were indignant with the two brothers. Now they were upset with James and John, obviously because James and John are trying to grab all the glory. 
and take the two best seats in the kingdom in heaven. I'm not, up, I'm not quite sure why they're not a little more upset with mom. Would you be upset with mom? She's the one making the request. And it doesn't reference that here, at least not them being upset with the mother. But my interpretation here is that likely the disciples knew that mom was involved in this. Then maybe they had put mom up to it, or at least they knew about it. And so I think that they're indignant, not just because the request is inappropriate, because I think something else is involved here. I think it's a little bit of jealousy and envy coming into play. Again, we're losing our focus, and the focus should be on how we can serve God. And so Jesus kind of puts them in their place and responds, starting in verse 25. He says, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life for a ransom for many. I think Jesus is setting the tone for us here with what is the expectation of servanthood in our lives. He's correcting them and he's saying, hey, you want to be great? That's wonderful. Be a servant. Sometimes that's not what we expect to hear. You want to be first? Be a slave. The lesson here for us is that service is key to the Christian walk. It continues on in Matthew 20. And it references the degree of service that is actually expected. So Jesus says, not only did I not come to be served and serve others, but to give my life as a ransom for many. That's an ultimate sacrifice. That's ultimate servanthood there. So Jesus, again, is setting the tone for us. I spent the majority of my working years in the corporate environment, close to 30 years, and they had a thing called tone at the top. And it was pretty important. Uh, in the internal audit world anyway, and you wanted to make sure, what that really means, you wanted to make sure that your top-level leaders in the organization were exhibiting the appropriate ethical behavior and living out the attributes that you wanted your employees to uh, demonstrate. Because if they're not doing it, what's the incentive for the rest of the employee base to do it? Well, Jesus is putting his money where his mouth is, so to speak. He's setting the tone at the top for us, and that tone is one of service. So I want to give us a couple of examples of service, and those come from Jesus, Jesus, but I want to start by what does the word actually mean? How many of you have ever looked up the word service in the dictionary? Well, I spent a little time doing that this week, and sometimes when I'm looking for a particular word, I like to go to the Webster's 1828 dictionary. It's a pretty old dictionary, but it's a, it's a good reference for, you know, if it's classical literature or Bible history, or if you just want to know what do the words mean that the founding fathers were using. So as I, as I pulled out the word service and tried to digest it, there were a couple of points I want to focus on here. So I'm going to summarize the first definition. It says it's labor of body or body and mind, performed for the benefit of another. It may be voluntary or it may not. And then a subsequent definition says that which God requires of man. So if you put those two things together, service is labor of body or body and mind, performed for others, again, that God requires of us. So the first example I want to use here is, uh, from Christ is prayer as a service. How many of you think of prayer as being a service to God? I think sometimes we think it's something we should do, but we don't always think of it as a service. I'm here to say that I think it is. Matthew 6, 5 says, And when you pray, it doesn't say if you pray, it says when you pray. And then he goes on to instruct us in the prayer that we just prayed together on the screen, the Lord's Prayer. 
Time and time again throughout Scripture, Jesus demonstrates service through prayer. He prayed right after the Last Supper in John 17. He prayed for the protection of the disciples. He, pay, he prayed for their joy, and he prayed for their sanctification. And then there was another little part there in that Scripture that I had missed over the years. Not did he just pray for the disciples and their protection, joy, and sanctification. He prayed for those who will believe. Future tense. At that time, he's praying for you and for me, for our joy, for our protection, for our sanctification. And you have to put this all in context. He's doing this as he's about to be captured and crucified, and he knows it, and all this time he's still focusing on service through prayer. There are a number of scriptures that reference Jesus through prayer. I just want to read just a couple. Matthew 14, 23 says, And after he had sent the crowds away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray, and when it was evening, he was there alone. Mark 6, 46 says, After bidding them farewell, he left for the mountain to pray. Luke 6, 12, It was at that time he went off to the mountain to pray and spent the whole night in prayer. Mark 1, 35, Early in the morning, it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, went to a secluded place to pray. Are you getting the point here? It's prayer, prayer, prayer. It's mountain time. He goes to the mountain time. It's up on the top of the mountain. It's out in the wilderness was the one I didn't read. It's all night. It's early in the morning. Jesus is praying. So I think that is one thing that we need to focus on is service. And I think there's an opportunity for us. And I think there's some things that we should know about as a church body. So as we fill out these little blue connection cards each week, you guys pull one of those out in front of the, of the pocket pew in front of you, if you would, if you have one there. Look on the back side of it. And it says, prayer request or messages. There's an opportunity for you each week to submit your prayers to an intercessory prayer group. I know for years, Frank and Donna Sisson here led us, led a group for intercessory prayer, intercessory prayer. And I think they still do that. And there are others in the church that pray. Uh, there's an opportunity for you to participate in that, either to join the group and pray for others, but also to submit prayer requests, just in case you missed that. And there's another opportunity for you just this week, coming up on Wednesday night. Morgan mentioned just a few minutes ago we're going to have a night of worship and prayer. And so I, I participated in the last one about a month ago. It was wonderful, and I pray that you'll have the opportunity in your schedule to join us and participate in prayer as a service. The next thing I want to point out is Christ given examples of meeting the needs of the body. And how do we go about service in this life? Well, Philippians 2, verses 3 through 5 tells us that. It says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition, rather in humility, value others above yourself. Not looking to your own interest, but the interest of others in your relationships with one another have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. So when we're serving, whether it's prayer or helping others, this is how we should do it. Being in a humble attitude, thinking about the interest of others, developing relationships, focusing on relationships as Christ would. But if you want to think for just a moment about meeting the needs of the body, I want to go back to an example that we shared an experience together back in April, uh, the Last Supper. How many of you were able to participate in our Monday Thursday service this past April? So Monday, Thursday is the, uh, the Thursday before Good Friday and Easter. We had a wonderful opportunity to go through the reenactment of that Monday, Thursday service, the night where Christ shared that last meal with his disciples before he was captured and crucified. We had 12 men on the stage dressed up as the disciples of Christ. 
Some of us even grew a little facial hair for that. I wasn't sure I liked that that much, but it was an interesting experience. And I think it gave us a chance to sense the type of food that the disciples ate that night, to see how they dressed, and to most importantly see the conversation that took place with our Lord Jesus Christ. But even that night, when you look at Luke 22, 24, the scripture says, A dispute arose among them as to who was to be considered the greatest. Have we heard this before? The disciples are always thinking about who's the greatest. And Jesus jumps in in verses 25 through 27, and it reads this. The kings of the Gentiles lord it over them, but you are not to be like that. Instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest, and the one who rules like the one who serves. For who is greater, the one who is at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one at the table? Jesus is the one at the table. But I am among you as one who serves. And then he gets up, and he does the amazing thing that he doesn't have to do. He's basically the king of the universe, and he wraps a cloth around himself, and he begins to wash and dry the disciples' feet. I think Leslie's participated in this type of service numerous times, and he says this is one of the most meaningful nights that he's experienced as a pastor simply because it's an opportunity to serve, and you can't replace what God does in that moment. So Jesus has set that example for us. And then, last but not least, in making points of examples of Christ, it's the ultimate sacrifice of service. So he goes on from that last supper, after taking time to wash and dry the feet of the disciples, to give his life as a ransom for all of us. That's the ultimate form of servanthood. But I want you to think about something else for just a moment, just in case you haven't thought about it before. Jesus Christ did not want to die for us. And you may be taken aback by that and say, what, what are you talking about? He did not desire to die for us. He was a willing and obedient servant. So as you look at Matthew 26, it talks about how Jesus agonized in the Garden of Gethsemane over the coming days. He knew what was coming and how big the ask was. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And then he took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee. James and John, here they are. I guess they're not too much in the doghouse because they're still in the story, and this is subsequent to the previous request. And he began to be sorrowful and troubled. He says, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Wow, that's the ultimate in service. So what does that mean for us? Will we ever have to die on a cross physically? I hope not. But Mark 8.34 tells us, Then he called the crowd to him, along with the disciples, and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Whoever loses their life for me and the gospel will save it. That's the high calling of Jesus Christ. It often means not doing what we want to do in order that we can do what Christ wants us to do. It may mean in some small way, us being on our knees in our garden somewhere, asking Christ to take the cup away. And maybe he will and maybe he won't. But being willing to serve however he asks us to serve. So my last point is along the title, opportunity to serve. What does this mean for us and how do we make this real in our life? Well, I want to give you a couple of quick personal stories. Uh, the first story I want to talk about involves my kids, Emma and Jake, 24 and 21. And 
their mom, Tammy, when she was working at the McKee Center. And by the way, Ernie, who used to participate in some of the McKee Center things, is here with us today, so I don't think that's a coincidence. But um, nevertheless, she was the director of the McKee Center on South 15th Street in Oklahoma City. If you don't know, that's part of Skyline Urban Ministries. And Tammy's job was to oversee several programs, one of which was a back-to-school program. So you put together clothing and got all this clothing ready for elementary schools. It sounds pretty easy. No, we're talking 1,000-plus kids and trying to organize closets full of clothing. And it was very time-consuming and a lot of overtime. But as these kids got ready to go back to school, my kids, Emma and Jake, got the opportunity to go to work with mom and help pre-select clothing and help kids pick out their clothing and help them put together packages of back-to-school materials. And it made a change in their heart. It really did impact their worldview seeing that. They also had a, a ministry there called Prime Timers. Anybody remember Prime Timers? Anybody familiar with that? They actually came to our church and uh, worshiped with us here. Prime Timers was an opportunity for senior citizens to get together a couple times a week and share in a meal. And my kids, Emma and Jake, got a chance to sit across the table, serve food, and develop relationships with those folks. It made such an impact on their life. And by the way, the, they're not perfect children, but I know that that made an impact on their life. It gave them a heart for serving and more generous. So my challenge to you today, parents and grandparents, is to get your kids involved in service as well. It will make a difference in their relationship with Jesus Christ. You may remember just, what was it, two months ago in July, right out here in the Welcome Center, we had boxes everywhere. We had rice. A stamp out for starvation came with their truck, and we loaded that truck with boxes of food, and we had tons of people involved, old and young. Some of the highlights for me that day was watching uh, little Ava participate and pack boxes with her dad. And then and there, was, there was Connor and Clayton, and they wanted to move the biggest box they could. That's Tina and, and Dale's grandsons. They just had a blast and the smile on their face. So give those young people, and don't forget to do it yourself, have a chance to participate in service. So how do we pick up our cross and follow Jesus? There's a million different ways to do it. Let me just give you a couple of biblical examples as I begin to close. If you look at the, uh, the scripture in Matthew 25, 35, it says, For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. Every Friday night, right here at First Church in Harris Hall, we have a meal. So we provide a nourishment of the food for the body, but also of the soul for our homeless community. And this past Friday, we had over 100 homeless folks participate in our service. And we had Marty Anderson giving the sermon and uh, some anointing services afterwards. We had a wonderful night of praise and worship, and the, the folks were really engaged. If you want a chance to serve, come and join us on Friday nights. Matthew 25, 36 says, I was sick and you looked after me. As with any church, we constantly have members that may fall ill, or you may just see someone that needs a bit of encouragement. Can you find a few moments this week to write somebody a card, visit them at the hospital? Ephesians 2.10 tells us we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. So think about that just for a minute. You are God's handiwork. You were created with specific works and opportunities for you to serve. You just have to figure out what those things are. Where is God calling you to serve today? You know, my favorite verse in the Bible is Joshua 24, 15. The summary of that verse is, Choose this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That was kind of my personal mantra as my kids were growing up. I pray it will be our mantra here at First Church. 
How can we serve others? So ask yourself this day, how do you serve? Should you pray for the, the body of Christ daily? I would say yes. Do you get a chance to participate in our homeless ministry? That would be wonderful. Can you participate in a committee? Has it be trustees, SPRC? Can you serve coffee on Sunday mornings? Can you be a greeter, an usher, a Sunday school teacher? Can you help your neighbor with a project? Remember, it doesn't have to happen inside the four walls of the church. Can you help your neighbor with a project? Whatever it is, I just ask that you be obedient to God's calling. Fall down on your knees and ask the Lord for direction and just follow his leading. Would you pray with me? Father God, I just thank you for this chance to, to share the word. I pray the words have been meaningful and have lifted our spirits to give us direction to how we can best serve your kingdom. Lord, we thank you for the service that you've provided, the tone that you've set, the example that you've given. We're so thankful for that. We're thankful for this church. Lord, as we go from here, help us to be your hands and feet. We ask these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.